Hi, this is Delcina with Keeping It Fit for Life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to us both growing together as we go through this journey of learning new habits and skills that will help improve both our fitness and our health for life. Hey guys, this is Delcina with Keeping It Fit for Life, your online fitness and nutrition coach. Also, remember you can hear me on my podcasts at Anchor FM or um, Apple Podcast or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can hear these messages and download them and listen to them at your own leisure. Well, I've been telling you about different meal plans. Well, I guess you can call them meal plans, but really they're different types of diets that people have been using in order to lose weight. They Many of them have been around for a very long time. Uh, but what I'm doing is sort of going over them in a little bit more detail, helping you to understand what they really involve, how they should be done, and then giving you the options to make your best decision if it's something for you. I'll give you my opinion at the end of the the segment, and then you just decide if that's something that you want to do. One of the things, though, I must caveat, if you're going to start any type of new meal plan or diet, make sure that you speak with your physician, your primary care doctor, to make sure that you are healthy enough to undergo something like this, because many of these diets can be really extreme. And remember, my biggest caveat with diets is that they're not long-term solutions to a lifestyle of health and fitness, losing weight and being in shape. They serve their purpose, some of them good, some of them not so good. So remember that it is a short-term solution. So if you're looking for a long-term solution, you have to try something more consistent, more doable, something that you can fit into your lifestyle and something that you don't have to work so hard at completing. And you don't have to necessarily limit your social life because you are on a diet because most diets are going to have you eliminating some or all foods as we're going to talk about today with intermittent fasting. Well, I learned a couple of things new about intermittent fasting that there are three types of common intermittent fasting. One is a full day fasting, one is a partial day fasting, and the other is partial day fasting with an eating window. So the full day fasting basically recommends two days of fasting each week. So there's nothing to eat at all. You may drink water, but you will go completely hungry for 48 hours. Well, I shouldn't say hungry because you may not be hungry, but you're going to not eat any food at all for 48 hours. Now, remember, this is intermittent. So it's not about fasting long term, you know, like Jesus did when he fasted, went into the mountains and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm sure he lost quite a bit of weight. But in today's society, I don't think we might be wanting to do that just for the sake of losing weight. So this is fasting some days and then eating regular on the other days. So that's full fasting. Then there's partial day fasting. So with partial day fasting, there's an evening eating window. So you will go from sunset to sunset without eating any food. And then in the evening time, or maybe within a four hour period, then you will eat your regular food. Now this is done for religious purposes or Ramadan um, for um, many people where they will fast throughout the day, sometimes not even drinking any liquids. And then that evening window will allow you to eat your food in that four hour window. 
And then there's partial day fasting with an eating window that's timed around your training so that you have at least a little bit of <clears throat> calories in your system during your training time. And so this is for people who want or need to have a relatively higher level of activity. So they need to be able to have some nutrients during that training time. But after that, there's no eating from for the rest of the day. So those are the three types of fasting protocols. There is also very close to caloric restriction. So don't get it confused with caloric restriction. Caloric restriction is limiting your caloric intake to around 60 to 80% of what you would normally eat for a longer period of time. So let's say you're a healthy adult and you normally eat about 2000 calories a day. Well, caloric restriction will bring you down to maybe 1200 calories a day or 1500 calories a day. I don't know what your specifics would be, but this is just an example. So you would have about 1200 calories a day, every day, long term. That has some definite negative drawbacks because when most people are able to stay on that, once they get off of it, they go back to refeeding or re-eating the types of foods that they were used to eating or the amount of food or volume that they were used to eating and then eventually regain that weight back. But it works definitely for sure. That's what a lot of fitness athletes and bodybuilders do in order to cut weight over a period of time so they can maintain energy intake but they cut the calories down way down and still maintain active um, lifestyle. But if you want to keep those calories down, now you have to deal with a slower metabolism and all other types of issues. But we're going to talk about a little bit more about intermittent fasting and how um, it's important or not. Nearly about 14% of U.S. adults do this type of dieting, intermittent fasting, and they find results with it. Um, now, it's not to be confused with fasting for religious purposes because that fasting is to allow you to get closer to God and have more um, mental acuity in denying yourself and, you know, focusing on, and, um, you know, just being more mindful about your needs and wants when it comes to spirituality. Okay, so here is the fasting process. So you have to realize that as the body uses up nutrients from your last meal, it begins to enter a fasted state. And eventually, once it's exhausted, its immediate fuel stores, which is usually glycogen from carbohydrate, it turns to stored fuel for energy. Since the body has a limited ability to store carbohydrates, which is why we eat regularly because your carbohydrate stores drop, it increasingly draws energy from protein. For example, through your muscle tissue or amino acids. That's why if you do fast, it's important to supplement with some additional amino acids or when you're doing your refeeding, you eat a higher level of protein. And so then this results in a higher uh, level of ammonia that it has to be excreted. And as fasting time is lengthened, body fat and storage protein becomes a major fuel source. And a high amount of fat breakdown can result in elevated ketones. And that goes into the a little bit of what happens when you go into a ketosis or ketogenic diet. Okay, so what are some of the outcomes from intermittent fasting? So here are some physiological highlights of what this fasting includes. It'll decrease fasting insulin. It'll reduce glucose uptake by the muscle. It will reduce protein synthesis. 
Um, it'll increase glucagon and catecholamines, increase liver glycogen breakdown, formation of glucose from amino acids, fat breakdown and ketone production, decreased horm growth hormone, and decreased metabolic rate. So there are some good and some bad things in there that comes from um, the fasting intake. For the most part, it's going to reduce those sugar highs that you might get from having too much sugar in your system. It's going to help your body start using stored body fat for energy, but it can decrease your growth hormones and it can decrease, decrease your metabolic rate because you're reducing the amount of calories you're taking in. Now, many proponents of fasting claim that this is kind of like the fountain of youth because eating is a form of stress for the body. Your body actually needs about 10% of energy in order to digest and process food. And so when you're not doing that, you're eliminating that type of use stress. It's not a bad stress, it's a good stress for the body. So this fasting may in part stimulate the processes that are responsible for aging. The rate at which occur, aging occurs is species specific. So suggesting a genetic influence. So it's not solely based on food and calories. Caloric intake seems to affect the rate of aging. A lowered food intake does appear to slow the aging process. And you can find many people who have done this and extended their lives by, you know, reducing the amount of food through this intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent versus chronic fasting. There are definitely some issues with that. So remember, intermittent is a couple of days out of the week. Chronic fasting is a long period of time. So when examining the potential advantages of fasting, it's important to distinguish between chronic caloric deprivation, as in prolonged starvation studies, and intermittent brief fasting. The research suggests that brief, relatively infrequent periods of fasting may be beneficial. Chronic prolonged fasting, however, may be detrimental. More than two days of fasting results in protein loss, decreased visceral protein, that's things like blood cells, internal organs, serum proteins, and impaired immune responses and impaired wound healing. Thus, although eating is a form of stress, so is long duration nutrient dep deprivation. That's, you know, going for a long time without nutrients in your body. Food is nutrient. So now during the 1940s, a researcher by the name of Ansel Keys experimented with healthy men at the University of Minnesota. The study included a 168-day period with the men consuming only 40% of their usual dietary intake. The men began binging and they became excessively preoccupied with food and developed an otherwise disordered eating pattern. So voluntary food restrictions such as fasting and extreme dieting can lead to compulsive eating and binging and gorging. And so that was noted with also the prisoners of war. So you will go for these fasting periods and then when it's time for you to eat, you end up overeating. So many um, religious persons who do this for Ramadan, some will show a decrease in weight, but many of them will show actually an increase after the 40 days because when it's time for you to eat, all you can think about is, oh my gosh, I got to eat more food because I'm not going to be able to eat it for the next, you know, 12, 18 hours. So you just gorge and gorge and gorge. And you're doing the opposite of what you should be doing for your body. So you're putting it under a lot of stress by, you know, slamming all your food in one session. Which reminds me, many people out there who are struggling with um, obesity do this type of thing, maybe consciously or maybe unconsciously, where they will go most of the whole day without eating food. 
and then at their one meal a day it's like an international buffet that is overkill and they may say well I don't eat that much I only eat once a day I don't know why I'm gaining weight or why I'm still so big well that one time that you're eating food you're overeating and you don't realize it we can sometimes overeat with a regular plate of food without realizing how many excess calories on there anytime you start adding dressings and oils and butter and grease and sauces uh, you know nuts and all these kind of things they add a lot more calories to food than you realize and so you end up overeating with all these hidden calories and I have to give you a presentation on hidden calories another time but it's very easy to do and then on top of that your body's metabolism decreases so the rate at which you burn calories decrease so that one meal that you're eating per day if it's excessive you're gonna gain weight now let's take a look a little bit more about this study and the impact and effects of fasting and by the way I'm bringing you this article from a um, very well-renowned doctor um, Ryan Andrews actually he's a registered dietitian and so I'm bringing you the information from his study just so you have some understanding so let's talk about body composition so the initial body composition plays a major role in determining the length of survival when fasting and this is interesting um, much of the information on fasting and survival has been obtained from you know, prisoners of war people on hunger strikes victims of famine but observational fast studies show however that if you are heavier obese you can fast for a lot longer period of time so let's say for example in normal weight people death would occur with a loss of 40 percent of your body fat if you were to um, body weight rather if you were to fast for a long period of time but a normal weight individual might be able to survive for 60 days when fasting you know if you lose 40 percent of your total weight while an obese individual might be able to survive for 200 days so data on the longest fast indicate that it was 382 days long was done by an obese man in the United Kingdom and he lost 75% of his body weight I don't know if he did that for a weight loss program but 382 days fasting that's a little ridiculous for me I bet he had to stay indoors the whole time and didn't go anywhere well I mean you know you can't really if you're not eating you don't have any energy to do anything um, so a study including 636 individuals with colon cancer and over 1,000 controls found that cancer among men those who ate the fewest meals had half the risk of colon cancer compared with the middle eating frequency group there were no associations that were detected with women so fasting also seems to increase cancer resistance in mice so that's in mice so it could work in humans like they showed um, but those are the studies done in mice and then there are some good benefits too about aging and the brain studies on monkeys introduced um, the uh, caloric restriction diet to to the public and these studies show that long-term caloric restriction distributed disrupted the thyroid and growth hormone hormone axis in monkeys while this may sound disturbing it might actually be why um, caloric restriction works to lengthen lifespan reproductive cycles can be altered and puberty can also be delayed with restricted nutrition so you know you have your good and bad it can increase your lifespan a little bit because you're eating smaller amounts of food but then you can reduce your growth and your um, you know hormones and there are all these different types of side effects that aren't quite great
They do show that fasting also helped to protect some age-related neurodegenerative diseases, you know, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. A recent study that compared caloric restriction to higher intake of fatty acids in older people showed that by cutting calories by 30% for three months, improved memory significantly. I wonder if that's because they were always thinking about what kinds of foods they used to like. I don't know. But the researchers suggested that caloric restrictions, brain benefits may come from lowered insulin and levels of inflammatory C-reactive proteins. So we talked about them. When you're fasting, it lowers your insulin because well, you're not taking in any sugar. Um, your body's just requiring its own and it reduces inflammatory reactive proteins. Okay, so... Now we talked about, you know, you're fasting and then you're reintroducing food in the intermittent fasting. It's not too bad of a deal, but long-term fasting, reintroducing food can have a bit of a problem. So there are several effects that were noticed. Electrolytes can become abnormal. Some vitamins can be depleted. Ketone bodies can increase. Edema may occur and liver functions can become abnormal. Now I noticed this personally with some of my friends when we used to, um, you know, get involved in bodybuilding. Uh, I had one girlfriend specifically who went on an extreme water weight loss uh, fats, fast. Well, she was doing diuretics and reducing water intake and fasting. And she looked great on stage. She didn't win, but she looked great on stage. And then after that, she was starting to refeed or reintroduce food. She blew up like a balloon. You know how you take like maybe one of those surgical gloves and you blow them up and everything is sticking out on the top? That's what happened to her. It was so incredibly scary. You have to be able to refeed or reintroduce fast food from fasting slowly and not just be overdoing it. Then, you know, get into that disordered eating when you're going to just gorge from not having food. You have to slowly reintroduce it with small meals and, you know, manage what you're eating the next day. You can't, you know, starve and then gorge, starve and then gorge. You're just going to end up in the same place. Now, this type of intermittent fasting has actually been around for a really, really long time. Um, for example, I'll give you a quote from Hippocrates. So this was what he was recommending about fasting. He said, obese people and those desiring to lose weight should perform hard work before food. Meals should be taken after exertion and while still panting from fatigue. They should moreover only eat once per day and take no baths and sleep on hard beds and walk naked as long as possible. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then the poet Thomas Tusser from 1557 said, make hunger thy sauce as a medicine for health. So here are, is the uh, summary basically and recommendations from the publisher of this article. The idea that calorie restrictions can enhance longevity, as we know, is not a new one. Many animal models have demonstrated that reducing calorie intake by 30 to 50% can dramatically increase lifespan. But before you drop in your calories, you want to consider a few things. First of all, answer some of these questions. Do these studies um, translate to human studies? Some of them actually do. Are there other ways to live longer besides dropping 30 to 50% of your calories per day? How exactly does caloric restriction work and can we mimic those in other ways? Are there any risks associated with eating this much less food? Second, 
the comparison between a typical diet and a caloric restricted diet are a little bit limited. So, you know, when they limit your diet on a caloric restricted diet, you're eating fairly healthier foods because you want the most bang for your buck. And then when you go back to a regular American diet, now you start back and then start implementing, you know, foods that aren't so healthy, cakes and cookies and, and muffins and, and all those kind of things. Cause you think, Oh, I fasted. So I deserve something to reward myself. That's not necessarily true. So remember the intermittent fasting does work. Intermittent fasting is D is, you know, abstaining from food for one to two days per week, and then eating a normal, regular, healthy diet, healthy diet that includes proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and then going back to that. And you can find that you can lose weight because what that does is it limits the total caloric intake you have for the whole week. If you're able to do that, you can probably maintain that for a good long period of time. Caloric restriction is decreasing your total calorie intake by 30 to 50% all the time. And, you know, this can leave you hungry for a long period of time. And this can leave you gorging or binging later on once you get off of it. And when you get off of cutting your calories that low, you usually end up overeating and reversing the effects of what you did. But here is the best health advice, right? If you want to make this a long-term process of just eating healthy, you know, not restricting or or denying yourself of a social life and not having to think about food and the specifics so detailed all the time. You want to make sure you eat a varied diet, eat from a wide selection of natural unprocessed foods in moderation. And you know, that's going to require, you know, some cooking and grocery shopping and that kind of thing. And during the week, you should be able to do that. You want to exercise at least five hours per week with a varied training program. Don't just do the same thing over and over and over and over. Your body gets adjusted to it and it starts to decrease the amount of results based on that. So if you've been doing something for three, six months, change it up, even as little as doing it in backwards order. You want to make sure you eat enough calories to support your exercise. So you need to eat based on your own metabolic rate and function. You want to eat enough calories to produce a slight gain in muscle mass, if that's what you're going for, or at least a prevention of muscle tissue. Don't eat so many calories so that you're gaining body fat or maintaining body fat above 12% for men and 21% for women. And 21% for women, that's really lean, very um, muscular, uh, very fit looking. And, and at that point, you're having some really nice abs. But remember, the average body fat for women healthy women today is around 25 to 30%. You want to make sure also that you sleep for seven to nine hours a night and have stress management strategies like a hobby, prayer, meditation, yoga, or journaling. All right. So if you want to experiment with intermittent fasting, proceed with caution and get information and make sure that you ask your doctor if you are healthy enough to do something like this. It is working and it does work. And for many people, it might be a solution to losing weight. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this segment. It was very good information on intermittent fasting. I don't know if I could do it myself, but many people out there do, and they have great results from it. Well, make sure if you don't get to hear this um, broadcast in its full entirety, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Nutrition Made Simple, and you can find it on Apple iPod or Spotify, anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This is Delcina West with Keeping It Fit for Life. Make sure you check out my coaching app, which is 
um, procoach.app slash Delcina. That's H-T-T-P-S semicolon backslash backslash procoach.app slash Delcina. Thanks you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really enjoy spending time with you. And remember, if you want any additional information on what we spoke about today or any questions relating to health and fitness, please search for me on www.fitforlifeptllc or on my new coaching site, which is www.procoach.app slash Delcina. I'm always found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And once again, thank you so much. Have a beautiful and healthy day.